This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey everybody, welcome to a Patreon only bonus episode of Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Laura Crawford. And we're your host today. You're a consummate guest host. This is going to be so fun. It is going to be delightful. Or it's going to be exhausting and uh, we will never see it through to the end. We're going to do a really strong effort at first and then everything will teeter out slowly. I, I feel like that, I mean, much like the series itself. Mm-hmm. Peter out. Yeah. Teeter out, peter out. Teeter out, peter out, fizzle out. Well, TP out. Better to burn out than to fade away is what I've always said. Kaboom. That's what I've yeah. always said. To quote Kurt Cobain's suicide letter. I know it's a Neil Young song. Calm down, everybody. <laughs> uh, but I feel like this was probably much a desired topic to cover. I'm, I, I feel like people are going to be into this. And I wouldn't be surprised if there is already a podcast out there that does this. Sure. But it's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be one that just vehemently attempts to debunk every point on ancient aliens, Mm -hmm. which there are tons of websites like that. We're going to go through some of them. Uh, Or it'll be one that just adamantly believes everything in this series. And I feel like we are going to land kind of in the middle. I'm just going to make fun of everyone's voice and appearance. There are lots of voices and appearances to make fun of. Lots of funny faces. It's a cast O characters. It's like the Reservoir Dogs of conspiracy theories. Yeah, but shows. I mean, we're 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 recapping a TV series about the theory that most of the history of man has been informed and guided by ancient aliens who came to visit ancient civilizations and impart mm-hmm. their wisdom. Right. Possibly the origin of life on Earth itself. Right. The origin of human beings. Um, all our, what makes us distinct from uh, the chimp, your lower apes, is the work of aliens. All our great uh, ancient monuments are influenced by aliens. Um, they were very involved in human life and are the basis for most of our mythology when it comes to sky gods. So yeah, there you have it. That's the thing. Sky gods, like it sounds like such a crazy idea. Mm-hmm. Extraterrestrial visitors come down from the skies above and help mankind. But also what... Help re- or use. Mm-hmm. Help or use, but also what religion, what origin story of any people doesn't involve that to some degree yes just because the bible doesn't call them aliens there's still people coming down from the skies to help true and i would also point out that um when it comes to the nature of god even the judeo-christian context the characteristics that we think of of god as having which is you know omniscient omnipresent all loving those qualities and characteristics are not all together in the old testament god isn't everywhere he doesn't know everything and he's not definitely not all loving he has supernatural powers decidedly but it's not the kind of god that we think even the kind of god that they describe would be closer to a, a, an entity that right is a powerful entity fr- from off planet right more so than it does the god that we imagine that you can have a personal relationship with that knows everything all throughout time and has everything planned out why would god have to intercede in a war if he was <laughs> just stuff like that. Anyway, we'll get yeah. into it. Yeah. You get it. You get so it. You, you get it. So it's not like this is some mumbo jumbo for some culture that you've never been exposed to. Right. Yeah. Like this is, there's something similar to this in almost every religious text. Mm-hmm. It's just that some people out there and that you say tomato, I say tomato, you say potato, I say ancient aliens. 
Right. <laughs> there are this what this really is in a lot of cases is kind of a an alternate version of historical events. Right. And is a- some people seeing it differently than their peers. Whole paradigm shift. Like even with something like global warming, we always hear like, oh, well, 99% of science agrees. Mm-hmm. It's always that 1%, baby. And that could be the same thing. That is the same thing when it comes to like archaeological shit. True. There's like a consensus. And then there's always a few people on the side who are like, eh. We all have our own eyes. We all yeah. see things. We were just talking about this with research. It's we can all look at the same set of facts, same set of materials and come to different conclusions. Science seeks to formalize that and make it more uniform to be tested. But ultimately, we can draw different conclusions. Is light a, a wave or is it a, a particle or a wave? It's both. Both. But people were arguing about that forever. Yeah. I hope that that's right, that I said that. I don't think light exists, but that's a whole other... Certainly not in my soul. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. I'm going to hell. It's so dark in there. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Oh, the Beatles, they cover me. So... The we're we're recapping season one, episode one of Ancient Aliens today. I gotta give him credit. It's well made. It's very well made. I mean, it's a History Channel documentary. It doesn't look hokey or anything. No, as opposed to a lot of the conspiracy documentaries that we watch that look like garbage. Any any conspiracy theory documentary that involves a computer voice, I'm out immediately. And there's mm-hmm. so many. In just- the year 2018, shut up off. Or like, learn to talk yourself, hire someone. Wacky, bad um, UFO special effects. Yeah. Or animations, weird stuff. So this is well made. It looks like a legit history program like any other. There's nothing that makes you think when you start watching this that this is not going to present historical facts. Right. You and are it, totally sold that this is going to be, like other history channel shows, professionals, scientists, believe it. And there are professionals and scientists and uh, experts in their field who are interviewed for this. A lot of Germans. A lot of Germans. Uh, and to be logical. The, the thing is, I know there are people who despise this series and who are under the impression that every bit of this has been debunked. There are entire websites dedicated to debunking the theories presented in this show. And to me... It's another example of a thing I talk about on this podcast all the time where we're really critical of the person putting a theory forward, Mm -hmm. but way less critical of the people who debunk those theories. Yes. And they get the credit that people think that, you know, if you've proven something to be wrong, there's no need to check your research because proving something wrong is as powerful an argument as you can make. Right. And in there will be a couple things we talk about here where I, I'm going to go into the debu- debunking of it also. And sure. I think you find with some of this, the, the debunking aspect of it is just as uh, fraught with plot holes as the theory itself. Totally true. And I think the uh, one of the best examples of that is one of the first things they talk about in this show, mm-hmm. which is the Saqqara bird. Yes. Which is... It was found in Saqqara, Egypt, which is the location of, it's the oldest of Egypt's 97 pyramids. The oldest one is in Saqqara. Uh, it's called the Step Pyramid of King Joseph. Also one of Egypt's oldest burial grounds. Mm-hmm. And in 1891, uh, one of the tombs at Saqqara is opened. And one of the things they find inside Next to a papyrus with the inscription, I want to fly, is this little seven-inch model called that they've called the Saqqara bird. Yes. And at first glance, mostly because it has a face, it looks like a bird. It has a face. It has wings. It has what looks like a tail. Right. Just like a bird. And the Egyptians did paint birds. They sure did. Yeah. But it also kind of looks like an aircraft of some sort because it doesn't have mm-hmm. bird wings wings like they without the face it looks less like a bird it looks more like a model airplane it looks like a model airplane glider if you will yeah uh, some sort of glider and one of the things they bring up in this documentary is that this might be instead of what we've always thought is that it was a bird at some point i believe it was in the 80s someone was like no i think that might be a plane that might be, they might have used air travel to get around in some sort of way. And that might be a 
model version of one of the things they were seeing in the sky. Mm -hmm. And that becomes a theory that people start trying to put to the test. And they bring up in the documentary that at one point, this team of scientists built a five times scale model of this thing. But this is a cool ass section of the episode, by the way, it is. It's kicking off hard. I love this. I think it's great. And it just goes in hard on that science right off the bat. It yeah, really bitch. does. Yeah, bitch. You think it's just a model? Well, guess what? We tested it in a fucking tube and there's air and it looks like someone could get their head chopped off by like, you know, motor. and it flew. They they put it in, in a th- wind tunnel, in a wind tunnel, and it was able to fly with some minor modifications. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that. So the that's one of the things that that they talk about is the Sakara bird, which mm-hmm. it does. The wings on it don't look bird like. They look like the wings of a plane. Uh, yeah. And the front of it looks very airplane like. They also uh point to these ancient gold fighter jets that yes. were found in the mountains of Colombia, uh near where treasure hunters think the legendary city of El Dorado might be buried. Uh but early twentieth century tomb robbers found these gold figurines that mostly look like insects and bugs, but then there's a few of them that look like fighter jets. They really do. These, uh, even more so than the Zakarbird, do look genuinely like something mechanical. And I was just going to point out also that uh, it's sort of annoying to me to think that people could not even conceive of the Egyptians conducting any kind of aeronautics experiments, even if they didn't actually have planes even if it wasn't actually ancient aliens, what makes us think that they could not have attempted some sort of uh, flight vehicle? Yeah, that's that's on their own independent. I mean, that's kind of a side issue. But it's like I just think it's very arrogant and, you know, to assume that you don't know that they weren't attempting when it says I want to fly doesn't say I can fly. Right. It could have been a model of, you know, they they were attempting to build just been trying. Yeah. Like, you know, they have chariots. So in their minds, they're probably thinking, we have chariots, we have vehicles, you know. Yeah, and a lot of times, like, this documentary gets into flying carpets a Mm. lot also, which are a a big part of a lot of different ancient cultures' lore. And one of the things that they point out is people might have just not known what they were seeing. Exactly. When they were documenting stuff. And it's like, well, he's sitting on it and it's flying. You sit on a carpet, so yeah, I guess it's a flying carpet. Yeah, or with the the Egyptian stuff, it's bizarre that people will uh, recognize that ancient cultures were obsessed with the heavens and obsessed with star patterns and stuff, and they themselves would make never make any attempt to make any sort of flying object. Right, and one of the things that's brought up in this episode as it pertains to flight back at that time, there are maps, there are detailed maps of Antarctica that predate us discovering Antarctica. How? How? Did that happen? Or they have maps that resemble what might be Pangea. Right. It's crazy. But in this case, so these gold little figurines that look like fighter jets, they fucking look like fighter jets. And in this case, instead of building a 5X model, they make like a radio controlled version. Yeah. And it's fun as shit. And it flies. I would love to play with that. Yeah. By the way. And it, it, it is the design of it as depicted in this little gold figurine from... That was found in the early early twentieth century, mm-hmm. uh, but predates that by a yeah, it's lot. Columbian, yeah, like that. It, it's airworthy. Like it would if you built it, it would fly exactly. And you have to look at this as these are people who are seen as having um, no science or no technology, and um, you know they didn't. There's no uh, ancient Columbian Archimedes that these people are referencing back to, as far as we know. So the idea that they could build that they could model something or make any kind of creation that has aeronautical properties. That is kind of a coincidence. It's very hard to throw out the window. Look at when they first started developing aircraft, how many fucked up, stupid fucking models they made yeah. of planes that didn't work or of wings for someone to wear, you know? Yeah. There's we people fucking failed and tried and failed to make an aircraft that's even close to the design of this. Yeah. For hundreds of years. And I think it's a good point to make that the West fucking couldn't do this right and i think that's one thing 
especially even when we get into uh, the Sakara bird or actually the Vamanas, which we'll talk about next. But when you get into the way people debunk this, what you find is a lot of what's presented in ancient aliens isn't so much the conspiracy theorist version of these events. It's the non-Western version. Like a lot of these cultures, our ideas of what they were capable of and what they did are based on Western historians who I know some people aren't going to want to hear this, but had a vested interest in making it seem like the West was the leader in all of these things. And the West was the enlightened half of the globe when... When you get into the historians who still live in those countries and who are actually from that culture, they're like, all right, but we have our own version of events. Exactly. And it's incredibly uh, patronizing and insulting to sort of imply that all these cultures, they just made little models of fish and animals because it's all they could do. Yeah. They didn't have sophisticated literature or technology or anything, nor, you know, they were just sort of closer. It's easier to subjugate a people if you believe them to lack the humanity that you do. And part of humanity is creativity and yeah. science. And they're basically saying that these people are not capable of, uh, you know, design or of technology or anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty racist. It is. It is a lot of the a lot of cultural supremacy going on here. And a lot of it is uh, it's no coincidence that a lot of the cultures that present this evidence are of non-white people. Yeah. And it it's almost like if if you uh, want to get really conspiratorial about it, it's almost as if presenting it this way isn't really doing those cultures any favors Linking like presenting them to wackadoo conspiracy like theory. presenting it as ancient aliens on the history channel like it could just be that these ancient civilizations were a little more advanced than western history has given them credit for yeah but it's once again to western history's benefit to go all right let's put this fucking ancient aliens thing out there and now anytime Great. Someone suggests Vimanas might have been a real thing. We can go, uh, aliens. Yeah. Like, this is where that Instead meme. Instead of the great white savior, it's the great gray savior. Yeah. <laughs> and this, uh, it, speaking of the aliens meme, which everyone has to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, with wacky old hair, George. That guy with the crazy hair. It's like he's just put his finger in an electrical socket. This is where he makes his first appearance when we're talking about the little gold fighter jets. So he's early on. Takes take, makes a commanding presence right. in ancient aliens. Giorgio Sukalos is Sukalos. his name. Yes, and he's just a delight. His hair sort of looks like it's a bit like Polly D from uh, the Jersey Shore, crossed with someone right. crossed with a racer head. Yeah, it's like Polly D from the Jersey Shore. If you got that done to your hair and then just stopped taking care of it, yeah, it grew out. Just let it grow out like a chia pet. Yeah, we were just discussing before the show about how um, I was at a radio station in Boston. We were talking about how they had had him on as a guest previous and that in his personal life or non-camera life, he's pretty hippie-ish looking guy, buttoned down sh- like shirt, open, you know, yeah. unbuttoned to the th- to his mid chest and lots of amulets and, you know, talismans and stuff and sandals and jeans. And it's like so they dress him up in a suit to make him look professional on air, but they don't change that hair. Yeah, but even the suit is smart. Oh, he's a great dresser. He looks fantastic. Well, I just mean like making him wear that suit. Yeah. Because if he's saying the things he's saying, mm-hmm. but also dressed like Stevie Nicks, you're going to yes. be like, who is this? Yeah. You who is this person? Be, you expect him to be selling you matcha in Venice Beach. Yeah. Like that that pickup artist, Mystery, yes. used to have that VH1 show. Yes. And he would like have top hats with goggles on. Like, they should have made him look like Tony Robbins on that show. Exactly. And then show up at the club with that. And you're like, what is this? And he's like, it's the game, baby. Yeah, he looks like um, Noel Fielding from The Mighty Boosh and Tommy Lee had a child. <laughs> yeah, he does. Bizarre. But uh, Sugalos is cool. In terms of characters we're going to see in that, it's him. It's David Childress. Yeah. He's I'm, the dude with the beard and the glasses. like, the technology of the ancient Egyptians <laughs> was far outdated what you would expect. Yeah. We see a cast of characters. There's a, a stonemason from Northern California. Yeah. It's Graham Hancock, who you might have seen before on um, Joe Rogan. I did not. 
He's yeah, he's had uh, he's been on Joe Rogan, I think, a couple of times. Graham Hancock, he's a British fellow. See, mm. I've been to South America and I've seen these fascinating statues. They're gold and they look of fighter jets. <laughs> you would never imagine it's aliens. So I know at this point there are probably so it's all white men. <laughs> it's all white men and a lot of Germans. I don't know if a woman is interviewed. Oh, there is. There's that. Oh, there's that lady who we talked about her in um, burr, 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 mystery men, not mystery men. What mirage, mirage men? men. Mirage men. <laughs> I'll see myself out. Um, mirage men. Yeah, there's a woman who's in that. I can't recall her name. She's a dark-haired lady. Um, kind of petite like you'll see her in that we'll talk about later all right there's one woman so there are i'm sure there are people who've looked into this before who are at home chomping at the bit to champing at the bit champing yeah it's champing but it's pronounced chomping isn't it no well it is now (laughs) no it's a big point of contention i shouldn't correct you on your own fucking show chomping at the bit (laughs) write it down it's official put it in the dictionary we've changed it uh to mention that the Saqqara bird has been debunked. <gasps> because if you Google Saqqara bird, one of the auto-populated options is debunked. And a lot of, there's a lot of effort that's been put into debunking ancient aliens. And are they tied to any sort of museums or scientific community? Or they are usually blog spot pages. Oh, Angel Fire? Yeah. there. Although there is a website called Ancient Aliens Debunked, and we'll cover some of their oh. debunkings too. Did they ask Jeeves? The, I, I think they did. Uh, but one of the Sakara bird debunkings uh, that I came across is on skippytheskeptic.blogspot.com. Fucking A. I first, I first saw you wrote this before I saw what the link was and I thought, I just glanced at it. I thought you were like, fucking these guys got names like Skippy the Skeptic. No, it's for real called Skippy the Skeptic. Uh. <sighs> And this gets back to my point about how once one person on the internet has debunked something, we'll cite that as canon forever and be like, no, that theory's debunked. Yeah, Dr. Snopes, good for you. And Snopes included. And when you go into, like, if you watch Ancient Aliens, a lot of the people who are being interviewed are, they work in the field they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like... Especially when you get into alien stuff, like especially a lot of alien sightings and UFO sightings and things like that. Those are fucking military people who are coming forward with that stuff. And then you're taking their word versus Skippy the skeptic dot blogspot and going, well, why would Skippy lie? And it's like, why would the military guy lie? Like, yeah. And they have no train and they generally don't have any training in the things that they're talking about. And so let's go through some of the debunkings of the Saqqara bird that Skippy gives us. Here's a quote. Wait, what? The Saqqara bird looks like a Hercules C-130. A Hercules C-130 is 97 feet long and has four 4,300 horsepower engines. The Saqqara bird is about seven inches long and doesn't even have a horizontal stabilizer on its tail. It looks like a modern plane only in the sense that it has wings. He is being intentionally obtuse there. You can't hear me rolling my eyes on a podcast, but you can imagine it. Yeah, like this is a model of what they're saying is the Saqqara bird is a model depiction of something this civilization actually saw in their sky. Yes. They're not saying... Or we're possibly attempting to create. Right. No one's saying they shrunk down to three inches in size and hopped in a seven-inch plane. Which even then you're taking up too much space. It just reminds me of fucking, what is it in Zoolander where he's like, the school is too small, the children won't fit in. (laughs) Exactly. You know? And like to consider that inadequate debunking to say, "Mm -mm, the the Saqqara bird's only seven inches. Yeah, we know. And they didn't draw engines on it. Right. And one of the other things he mentions we'll get to also, but here's a longer quote. Wow, those guys put a model of the bird through a wind tunnel and a computer simulation and they say it can fly. That's conclusive proof, right? Wrong. Watch the video again and pay attention. These guys aren't testing the Saqqara bird. They're testing a balsa wood model fitted with a large horizontal tail surface. The real bird has no horizontal tail at all and is made from sycamore, which is something like three times as dense as balsa wood. The real conclusion here is that if the Saqqara bird was made of different material, 
and actually shaped like an airplane, it could fly. How much does that prove? It fucking proves a lot. Like, if they made a model of something that, when made bigger and with airplane materials, could fly, that proves a lot. It does. It proves it has aeronautic qualities. He's attributing its ability to fly entirely on the tail, which just proves how much he doesn't fucking know about aeronautics, which is it takes more than just a fucking tail to make something be able to fly. That's why it fucking took us so long to figure out how to make an airplane. Right. And I'm arguing with him. Also, I don't take you to be very credible when your stellar argument is like sarcastic comment. No, the real truth yelled at you. Yeah, it's like not my favorite form. I just like bumped into the mic because I got so enraged at this douche. And even the the tail thing they is addressed in the documentary. Here's one more quote. The performance of this model proves conclusively that the Sakara bird never flew. It is totally unstable without a tail plane. A cursory inspection of the photos shows that it never had one. Even after a tailplane was fitted, the glide performance was disappointing. He's disappointing. Well, he's lying is what he's doing now because he says a cursory glance of the photos reveals there was never a tailpiece. There are on that tailpiece a series of ridges that look like they were meant to hold a piece that is no longer with us in place which could very well have been that tail part. Otherwise, what are those ridges? So the photos don't conclusively show that there was never a tail piece there. They show that there maybe was one, and it being an artifact discovered in 1891, Mm -hmm. maybe we just lost it over the years. And so from that, he goes to, well, if that tail piece was there, then it's still just disappointing at best when it comes to flying. All right, but it's also a thing that was made how long ago? Yes. And, and if it could fly at all, that's pretty fucking impressive. It's super arrogant and really dismissive of this guy to not realize that part of what they're also pointing out is that it's a bigger point. No, it's not. This bird is a, an example of something greater, which is the ancient Egyptians had access to or interest in or knowledge of technology that is far outside of what the Western narrative of ancient Egypt has been. And that is a sign that that has happened before in other civilizations. Right. And that we don't know the extent to which that is true. Right. And it's about the ability for civilizations that we have limited our understanding of and saying that there is a huge window, a huge realm of, uh, opportunities for them to have been doing things that we didn't think were possible. Yeah. And and arrogant is the perfect word for it because we're talking like the United States. It's not about that fucking bird. Yeah. It's a symbol like red herring. (laughs) Like the United States has been a country for 200 some years. Right. It's such a, such a small part of history in the, the grand scheme of things. Like we're talking about civilizations that existed thousands of years ago. We have no way of knowing for sure what they were capable of mm-hmm. and in what areas right you know what i mean but it, it it it's and it's frustrating to watch to see the reaction to something like ancient aliens which i get that they're presenting it in a really stylized kind of fantastical way mm-hmm. that almost sort of discredits it but we're really just talking about the Eastern versus Western versions of history. It's true. And a point to make is about when you mention America being a relatively young uh, entity, how easy is it to wipe out 200 years of history? Very easy. Very easy. 200 years of records, 200 years of accomplishments, of monuments, of um, you know records, anything. Very easy to wipe that out. There was and just- we're looking at uh, Egypt. I mean... The period of ancient Egypt that we're talking about, you know, there's that great fact, which is uh, uh, we live closer to the time of Cleopatra than she did at the time of the pyramids building. Like here, here's a thing to take into account. Nirvana will be a myth someday. Yeah. Because at a point in history, which is uh, the 2000s, when you would think record labels and entertainment companies must have all of their shit just under lock and key mm-hmm. and have it protected forever. There was a huge fire that destroyed the master recordings of tons of bands. And Nirvana is one of them, Mm -hmm. which means it's very possible that there could be a point in history where all the Nirvana albums are gone. 
all the Nirvana or CDs are digital, gone. Or even having everything in yeah. digital records. It's so easy to wipe that out. And people will be like, well, there was this band called Nirvana and we've like recreated our music to the best of what the descriptions of it imply it sounded like, but yeah. we don't have the music like, anymore. Fake me. It's got, yeah, exactly. Like, Break me. <laughs> like anything is capable of just disappearing from history. Completely. I would point out also 90% of all silent films have been destroyed. And it's and that's within the last hundred years. And even like that fire instance, but 90% of all fucking films they made are yeah. gone. And when you think about what a genocide is, genocide isn't always just the cleansing of the existence of people like actual like killing people it's also cleansing their history and removing their existence from the historical record how many times they're and their accomplishments right dehumanize them to make them think that they were animals and we don't know how many times throughout history that's happened where a civilization where like how many of these ancient civilizations like they talk about machu picchu in this, the people who lived at Machu Picchu just fucking vanished one day and, and just did, abandoned that shit. And they didn't have to live there. Right. They're living in a difficult remote location on purpose. Right. That? We don't know why they live there. We don't know why they left. But when a documentary like this comes along and suggests, hey, maybe they had access to technology that we don't realize they had access to. So many assumingly well-meaning skeptics are like, bonk lies we would know it's like no we wouldn't also it's strange to me to imagine that someone looking at a piece of someone looking at a piece of uh historical record the the fighter jets from uh columbia or this car bird would look at it and say that's a plane aliens why would they who would think that that would be i'm just saying i think most logical people would think i'm gonna sound fucking stupid if i say this but yeah. you have to be very compelled, I think, to make these kinds of cases, especially if you're a person of science. Oh, you totally. are really going out on a limb and sacrificing your whole career on an idea. And you have to really firmly fucking believe in that idea. Yeah. It's a lot easier to come in and say that someone's idea is bullshit than it is to sinc- to say a new and sincerely held belief. Right. And risk the criticism. And science, science uh, principles mm-hmm. uh, tend to be pretty infallible scientists yeah. are not no and their haircuts they're very fallible they're they're so fallible and they are in a lot of cases as prone to being influenced by money as anyone else we were talking before we started recording about uh the article i wrote about vaping and how there's this often cited scientific study that claims uh jewel pods and cigarettes contain the same chemicals and they don't like that's a technicality yeah. uh, that is it's deceptive to put it that way. Uh, the chemicals in cigarettes that kill you are not in jewel pods, but it reads like a very compelling scientific study. But then you get down to the financial disclosures. That's why financial disclosure sections exist in scientific studies, because there you see all the doctors who worked on this all have a financial stake in the tobacco cessation industry. Patches and gums. Right. Which is also being threatened by vaping. Right. So, yeah, on the one hand, it's a scientific study saying that. But on the other hand, they're clearly being influenced to say things in the way someone wants it said. And when you're talking about history, again, like the West has kind of written history and expected the rest of the world to adopt our version of it. Right. And it's not it's always correct. The world to be right-handed. <laughs> and even when you're talking about like some of these modern scientists who are on this show and are like, yeah, I think my colleagues might be wrong. Don't take like, don't take lightly the idea that that person's colleagues could all be influenced by not just money, but the need for the Western narrative in the Western version of history to be the defining version of history. Exactly. Like this person could just be the renegade whistleblower type. Those people exist. Certainly. So let's talk about another uh, flying vehicle from yeah. ancient history that is brought up. I love how the Germans say it. The Vimanas. Vimana. The Vimana. 
The Vermont. In ancient, ancient India, you have to understand, there was uh, the flying vehicles, the Vimanas. And the Vimanas would fly from place to place. <laughs> Which, that is a, a part of a lot of ancient Sanskrit texts. Yes, so it, basically, uh, to understand this, I guess you would say that uh, within uh, ancient Hindu belief, uh, the Vedas, which are uh, their sacred religious texts, kind of comparable to the Torah or the Bible um, or the Quran, they describe these flying vehicles, and it's in Sanskrit, which is the language of ancient India. Right. And these ships called Vimanas. Yeah, and they're... 6,000 B.C. 6,000 B.C., which... Fucking old. When we get into the debunking of this one, that part becomes important. But the these a lot of these texts are thought to be myths, but also well, it's heavily tied in with religion, so I think that's where people right, yeah, they think religion is completely uh, divorced from science, which it often is not always. But also, one of the things you'll see in these texts as it relates to vamanas, there's a diagram of how they work, and it describes a propulsion system that's very modern or very similar to what we have now so what the fuck is that which would seem unnecessary if it's just a mythology and flight manuals there are flight manuals for vimanas in ancient sanskrit text and again like i it feels like a very western history thing to go they were just seeing birds so they wrote flight manuals for the birds they saw in the sky i also think it's too different for people to kind of wrap their minds around in a way because we think of religious texts as ethical or moral guides or parables right about like what to do and i think especially people who come from a you know christian new testament tradition i think they forget how much religion is of historical record and to me history almost had to include stories of the divine if you want to be credible because what's the source of truth and authority and power in people's lives it's the celestial right so if you want to talk about history you have to include that because that is the focal point of some people's lives i mean people created religious monuments before they made pottery or did a lot of things that you think would be fundamental to humanity so it's funny to us that we just say well the religious documents they can't be worth including in any kind of science and it's like but that was what you get it. It's yeah. fucking important. It's it's of course it's massively important because of in a lot of cases religion in it. it. Yeah, in a lot of cases it's the only record we have yeah. of that culture and that civilization. Like and you got to take things because they were godly things, and that's why they got saved. Because right. it wasn't just some bullshit. You know, someone's diary. It's like these things stayed the right time because they addressed the most fundamental questions and. Issues of the of humanity, which is our relationship to the divine, right? And just the idea that so many of these texts include something often fiery looking coming down from the sky and bringing knowledge to people—that's not nothing. Like, yeah. how do so many civilizations across the globe have that as part of like? Also, it if you're really, a god, you wouldn't need a fucking vehicle, right? If you were just divine and you weren't. There's a difference between having supernatural powers and in, in divinity, the way you say it. But I was saying where God is omnipresent. He exists throughout space and time. God doesn't need a vehicle to travel because yeah. he doesn't have a physical being. The first person who figured out yeah, a, a flying yeah. craft and landed it somewhere else, yeah. all the people it landed around are going to think that person's God because they've never seen anything like that. Right. Like this whole thing could come down to one or two civilizations figured out flight of some sort and went around the globe, went around the globe pretending to be God. Exactly. Or like it doesn't have to be ancient aliens. Yeah. Even if you were, uh, even to take it outside of the monotheistic Judeo-Christian thing, even if you believe in polytheism, why would those gods need vehicles? <laughs> why would they just fly down like birds or right. just operate out of nothing? Right. Why do they need a means of transport, like a physical entity that's made, they describe them as made of metal. Yeah. They're often described being described as made of metal in some cases or uh, f- creating actual flames. Why would you need a vehicle that creates flames? Just yeah. for a show effect? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to just take it strictly necessarily as divine entities. And you know I mean? divine entities that, well, then what's your explanation for what they were seeing? Yeah. Like they're describing, like, so they're just all myths. And I, I think so that is just like fucking taking mushrooms, taking acid, tripping balls, coming up with this stuff, whole cloth out of nothing. Right. And there would be 
on any number of fronts at the point in history where these things are discovered, someone would have a vested interest in going, Ooh, what if we discovered that instead? And we just kind of sweep it under the rug that it was discovered there. And now all these years later, we're like, what the fuck is with this propulsion system in this ancient Indian text? And they're like, fucking myths. They didn't know what they, they guessed and got it right. Come on. Yeah. I feel like at some point, some archaeologist found this shit and we just stole the idea and we're like, the West came up with that, baby. Totally possible. Yeah. Like, we don't know how advanced these civilizations got. There's no way to know. Yeah. We we really have no way of knowing. And that's also a funny thing when we look back at history about um, certain accomplishments and what things stay and what gets preserved. Because you look at, like, most of this artwork and stuff or creative endeavors that women would do for centuries, made of fabric, made of materials, made of wood. Anything that's not a long-lasting material is fucking gone. Yeah. And that's a lot of shit. Think in your own life, how many of the things that you own, your personal possessions, how many of them would actually be able to survive for thousands of years? Yeah. Probably next to nothing, just the materials that it's made of. And then we've actually mentioned ancient aliens on an episode of this podcast before because we we did an episode about the theory that there might have been a nuclear war in ancient Mm -hmm. india at one point they do get into that here yeah and one of the the arguments people make against that is sort of the the reverse of what you're talking about where they're like well there's still buildings standing wouldn't an ancient nuclear war have knocked him over? Meanwhile, look at fucking stock video from the government detonating nuclear bombs in the United States in the 50s, and you'll see trees that, like, sway a yeah. little bit and then pop back up. And we're talking about fucking structures that are made of mud and sand. They don't They're just going to get harder in the heat. They don't melt at those temperatures. Yeah, that's not, that's not going to fucking happen. But, so yeah, the, the Vimanas, it's... Like the things they describe, they describe these propulsion systems using gyroscopes and mercury and electricity, which are things we know do exist. We use gyroscopes in all sorts of flight. There's gyroscopes in your phone. Like gyroscopes are in everything. And they just randomly mentioned it way back then as being a key to flight. And we were like, (laughs) good guess. It baffles the mind. I think this show is like the Boone, Boone's Farms or the SoCo of uh, conspiracy theories, which is it's your entry point. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't Those doubt are, that's that's how I became an alcoholic. I don't know about you. Well, uh. yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, just last night watching this, I decided to become an alcoholic again. The but you know, it's kind of like I feel like people are so dead set on debunking ancient aliens because they are pissed off at how many people have used this as the jumping up point to get interested in conspiracy theories. Right. About how popular it's been, how successful it has been about making people question these things. And I think the real conspiracy theory here is that Western historians have gone to very great lengths to discredit the Eastern version of historical events yes. and the, the founding of the world. And we or have know just that's the case. generally been disinterested in it. Like, or we just know- generally don't give a fuck. U.S. history books go to great lengths to diminish the contributions of black people and women. We know it happens here. Yeah. Like, you think we wouldn't have a vested interest in disproving the fact that India came up with flight before us? Also, we have to look at the geographic nature of the places that you're uh, addressing, which is the landscape is extremely different than it was then. If we were talking about Colombia and they found there was always this notion uh, that uh, the rainforest has always just been there. And it's this ancient forest in uh, Brazil, in the Amazon. And now they're finding a, a lot more evidence that there were large scale cities and communities. It's just all this a lot right. or the mountain cities that they discovered in North America. Like a lot of those uh, large, much larger urban areas than they thought were possible. And we're still finding out a lot about what they were up to because we were we thought they were incapable of having things like that. And they were just living in the woods, fucking like rabbits. Yeah. Uh, So one of the let's talk about the debunking of the Vimanas. There is, again, a website called ancientaliensdebunked.com. And. I'm going to do to them what they're doing to ancient aliens here, which is taking the fact that they got one date wrong and using it to discredit 
anything else that happens in this part of the episode. And in this case, here's the quote. Wow, 6,000 BC? Really? In reality, the oldest of these texts would be the Vedas, which date to between 500 and 1500 BC. Ancient Aliens just adds another 5,000 years as if no one would notice. Actually, that date is a wildly contested thing, again, between Western and Eastern historians. So those 5,000 years, if you're looking for a more credible source as to where they were added, uh, in 2015, a group of Indian scholars at a conclave organized by Delhi University's Sanskrit Department came to the conclusion that the Vedas are from around closer to 6,000 B.C. And they should know. <laughs> and they, they, I feel like, probably know a little more than the person running this blog. Also like to point out, same argument style. Sarcastic question, really? Yeah. No. Bullshit response. Anger for no reason. Yeah. And it's like, just look into it a little. There's, uh, we'll link to a couple different sources. There's another one. Uh, the website is... Uh, kamakati.org but it's uh it goes into the history of this debate and how there are some people that say it's 1500 bc some people say 3000 some people say 6000 and apparently the people who subscribe to this theory subscribe to the idea that it's 6000 bc mm-hmm. how the fuck do i know like i'm definitely not confident enough to go on a website and debunk this theory just as a guy because the way I read it, it's 1500 BC. A lot of things you read in school are wrong. Like we know that now it's 2019. Well, the world's only 6,000 years old, so I don't know how yeah, that's possible. Exactly. And like, I worked for a website for fucking 10 years that our entire shit was telling you how much shit from your textbooks was wrong. Like I edited and helped write a New York times bestselling book called the D textbook. That is all about all the shit textbooks taught us incorrectly. Even the fucking pyramids, like we picture them as these like sand structures. They were gleaming white when they were built. They were covered in this white also, surface material. Also very good evidence due to what looks like um, water damage that they're much older than we think and that it was at a time when Egypt is kind of particularly lush and possibly around the time of the Ice Age or so. Yeah. I think. Yeah, so that's another theory that they're arguing out. So... So yeah, the in the the I think de- they say twelve thousand years ago. That's what they're claiming as the date of the pyramids, possibly. Like yeah, the oldest. Yeah, and and so yeah, all of that stuff is still up in the air. And t- for this debunking, because <laughs> they can barely fly because it's a dumb bird, stupid bird, stupid mechanical bird. bird. And so yeah, this is another thing where you you go out, you see that there's a website debunking it, and you go, oh, okay, I guess that's the end of the story. But not really. This is. No. This, especially Vimanas and all of this is very much still open to debate. And fucking airplanes exist now. So it's possible that airplanes existed when the fuck ever. Yeah. Like, we don't know. So executive decision that we didn't just talk about and I edited that part out. But we're going to split this first episode into two episodes. Because the thing about Ancient Aliens... 90 minutes long, that first episode. Uh Uh-huh. It's cinematic in scale. And what you find after that first season, again, I I think I mentioned this earlier, I don't think they thought there would be a second season. Oh, no. So they cram a lot into these first, I think there's only three episodes the first season. Something like that. I hope. Three or four. If there's like 10 90-minute episodes. No, no. I'm going to. No. I'm going to. No, that, that would be unacceptable. But uh, so we're going to split episode one into two episodes because the I feel like from here we do actually get into stuff that is like there's certain details of it that you can kind of debunk and that I don't think the show makes as strong of a case on. True. But this first half that deals with the ancient flying objects of uh, India and Egypt and places of the like, I I feel like they make as compelling of an argument as the people who've debunked it. Like, we'll, we'll never know. Like, we're not going to find one of these things. Yeah. And uh, so far, I'm kind of middle of the road. Right. I am open to the possibility. I don't know. 
it's hard with ancient aliens because I'm really sold on their idea that its history is not as we have been told. But is it aliens? I don't know that part. Well, see, that's I the beat thing. Them halfway, I think I don't one hundred percent ancient. I don't know about aliens. <laughs> I I again uh, and. This is a conspiracy theory podcast, so this is the, the 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 forum for an opinion like this. I don't trust the intent of the Ancient Aliens series. I think it is another attempt to discredit the non-Western version of historical events. And I think they're wrapping a lot of that up in Giorgio Tsoukalos going, aliens. And as a result of its relation to this series... A lot of people are going to write that version of history off just in general when it's actually like everything else in life. It's a little more nuanced and not quite as cut and dry as that. Right on. That is, it's really essential. That is what it is. So we're going to dissect the shit out of these ancient aliens, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like a secret tape on Fox. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but that's the end of episode one for now. We'll put this one out publicly to get episode two. You're going to have to get it on the Patreon. Cool. Uh, and then these are going to be uh, like a Patreon bonus thing for conspiracy, the show only. Cause I always got to come up with bonus episodes, but also a lot of our episodes are good and I want them to be public. And I think these will be good too, but they're, this is a little more geared toward a diehard conspiracy listener. Yes. Yes. Or someone who just loves history channel. The shit out of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's our episode. Follow me on Instagram at Adam Todd Brown, Todd with one D. Follow me on Instagram at Crawford Comic. And anything else to plug? If you are in the Ojai area, twice a month, they do host an open mic slash book show at The Vine. It's twice a month now you got to go to Ojai? Um, no, we're kind of alternating the host and I because we're two hosts. So oh, okay. One of us can do one and one can do the other. That makes sense. It's actually kind of better for your schedule in that way because then you're not locked into one date. You have a possible other date to do. That's true. It's a fun show. I've done it before. Yeah, it's a fun show. I make it even more fun. <laughs> getting good people. Uh, beautiful venue. Nice stuff. Very nice. That's it. All right. Let's get out of here. Laura, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.